0: David is one of the top agents in Brooklyn. I believe. What are you? What are What are you right now in uh, listings? Uh, top one. Top five. Top five in all Brooklyn in yeah. listings and sales this year.
1: Yeah. Uh, sales. I sold close to a hundred and something million, a hundred and change million in real estate this year. You are now listening to Talk Shop with Alan Avge. So
0: uh, let's just start with this. My cousin, David Advocate, an absolute beast in the Brooklyn market and Manhattan. Um, where do I start? We grew up together. He's my best friend growing up till this day. We tell each other everything and you won't believe this. He gave me COVID. That's a lot. That's a lot. He, that's, that's he a gave lot. me COVID. <laughs> because of him, I had COVID. I
1: think he gave me co- I think he I, escalated my COVID. I did
0: not spend Thanksgiving with my family because of you. And
1: me. I think we both spent it locked up in the room.
0: So let's tell the story.
1: Of the COVID?
0: Yeah, the COVID. So, so Alone walks wait, up no, to me stop. in the gym. I'm feeling great. I just went to Mexico. I get back His from Mexico. Eyes were red. No, wait, wait. Stop come on. I went to Mexico. <laughs> I got back. I, I felt a little weird because I drank the water over there. And then, COVID. Uh, and then it went away. Everything's good. No, it wasn't. I run into my cu- I run into my cousin at the gym. Total mistake. Like we didn't plan to see each other. Or anything. I run into him. I'm like, oh no way. We hug each other. We're hanging out. He's like, I don't know. Some I feel like something just hit me. I'm just not feeling so great right now.
1: And by the way, Alon Alone tells me he's he's feeling worse than I'm feeling no, at I, I was like, you know
0: what? I'm starting to get better. I was sick like all weeks. So I think it was from Mexico. Like I hope. I don't think it was COVID because I got tested negative on Tuesday.
1: Right, so But you did rapid.
0: I did the rapid. I rapid, tested yeah. negative. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm good.
1: The rapid is known to be very... Uh,
0: not yeah I got but tested dude, negative too. I, I was, was negative. I was negative too. No, please. That You were like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm starting not to feel good. Something's going on and I feel weird. And you know how you feel when you get strep. You always used to get strep. Always,
1: always. When we were kids, I think I was getting it like six times a year seven times a year yeah
0: it was really bad it was bad it was really and bad. then i'm like oh well i hope you feel better i love you whatever i'm gonna i'll swing by and visit
1: i bet he kissed me on the lips
0: <laughs> why do you tell them
1: <laughs> that's the problem why are you kissing me
0: <laughs> so, so i go home i wake up the next morning and i'm like shit i just got hit by a bus i am not feeling good i go in get tested for covid three-day test Wake up on Sunday, get a phone call, so, destroyed. I didn't feel good at all. And you but, were feeling okay.
1: I was feeling okay, but apparently COVID hits you within twenty four hours in your system. I,
0: I don't know. I don't know any I don't know much about this COVID thing, but I just know I that I had go. it. So I then it hit me like a bus and yeah, I yeah. was like, you
1: you had it really bad.
0: Yeah, it messed me up.
1: You had you had rough a rough few days, I remember.
0: Yeah, it was like the first six days of just brutal pain.
1: I had fatigue for like four days, and fever for like a day after like, and then I felt fine, like I just hated it. It was like a dry cough, a little bit of fatigue, but not too bad, and I was like, yo, I had like, I had colds that lasted harder and worse than that. Like February, when we first went out and we both thought we had COVID. Yeah. I think me and Alon were in the hospital for like a month and a half straight, just hospital visits, rotating. Yeah. I'm already telling him what to take. He's telling me what to take. I was like patient take. three, you were patient four. It was really bad, so it was really bad.
0: Anyway, COVID beat the shit out of me. And, yeah. then, uh, and then I tested negative after two weeks and I felt good again and I got back to business. And now I still have some lingering effects. I'm still tired all the time, just tired. It's
1: hard, yeah, yeah. But that's about it. I don't have my taste or smell back yet. Really? It's weird. It's wow. weird. Can't taste food, can't smell anything.
0: Wow, I taste. I I love food. You I, I t- I tell your mom made so much food for us.
1: I love food. I just can't taste it. I'm just like eating. I'm like, all right.
0: So anyway, this podcast is called Talk Shop, by the way.
1: I love it. Talk Makes shop with Alonavgi. It it all correlates.
0: Yep, and I could post them on Tuesdays, I could post throughout the week, everything will cut up some yeah. bit sized content. That's and, awesome. Uh, and we'll go, you know, we'll just keep pushing more and more content. You're the second person on. Oh, wow. We still haven't posted the Hi, first yet, but you're the That's second. That's awesome. Yeah. And I love it with the new hairstyle. Thank you.
1: I came out cotton candy white.
0: So this is a good podcast to have because one, other than you blowing up on social media Thank all you. of a sudden, you're doing great.
1: Uh, yeah. it's, it's, been, it's been definitely a ride.
0: Yep. Definitely a ride. Other than that, you're my cousin. So we always talk openly about everything. Everything, We talk everything, every yeah. anyway. So this how
1: about is yeah how we grow statistics analytics helping push each other. That's yep. what yeah what stocks
0: we're buying, what businesses hundred, we can invest. Uh, with, probably every what, day. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and so I think it's going to be nice to put out that type of raw footage. I love just that. us let's talking just, and hitting it. You know? Yeah. Give
1: the people the one on one.
0: Yep. So yeah. talk about the Brooklyn market for a second. Like, how is let's talk about Brooklyn condos. How is the sales side right now? For wait for those of you that don't know, David is one of the top. Agents in Brooklyn. I believe. What are you? What are What are you right now in uh, listings? Uh, top one. Top five. Top five in all
1: Brooklyn in yeah. listings and
0: sales this year.
1: Yeah, uh, sales. I sold close to a hundred and something million, a hundred and change million in wow. real estate this year in wow. condos.
0: Wow, yeah, you had an unbelievable year. Yeah, it
1: was a crazy year. Especially during COVID, I, I learned how to... A lot of people were sitting home and not closing deals and scared to get out. And I was maximizing and finding unique ways and strategies to execute a lot of deals. And during COVID, like even the prime two months of COVID, I closed close to $20 million in those two wow. months. It was a crazy... Wow. Yeah, you
0: were. I remember we talked, you were telling me like everything from
1: half a million to a million dollars is like flying. Flying, as long as you're getting creative, you're giving people an option to show it. Uh, interest rates went super low. Like today, they're pretty much free money in the market. And if you're getting creative with it, pushing people, giving them the vision of why it's a good buy right now and why negotiating is, uh, is is the best tactic for them to get a deal right now, then you're closing deals and you're getting things done, which is super incredible.
0: What are you seeing in the condo market? Like Not just you, what are you hearing from other people? So
1: uh, I'm in, yeah. So I'm involved heavily in the condo market, and also I have a lot of friends that are involved heavily in the condo market. And right now we're seeing, so sales are continuing to come, right? Because interest rates got all the way down to two point five percent, which is ridiculous. People are getting pretty much free money. Inflation is at two percent. It's pretty much just take it. Um, I have buyers that got approved prior for four point six, four point seven percent, and they were approved. Uh, to bu- they have the same payments on a 900000 apartment that I'm getting them, uh, r- that back in the day, they could afford a $600,000 apartment. Wow. So the leverage is huge. Now, what we're seeing is there is a slowdown, obviously, and prices are correcting and, and obviously coming down a little bit. Because people are not in the rush to buy. People understand that it's a buyer's market. People understand that there is inventory on the market. It's not like Long Island, where a lot of people are moving to the suburban area. It's a seller's market here. Exactly. Over there, it's more of a buyer's market, but because the interest rates are so low, people are still coming in. And a lot of developers, if you realize, I remember we talked about this, a year or two ago, they stopped buying property when they saw a lot of corrections happening. A lot of developers took a step back. For example, I worked with a developer that was buying like 10 pieces of land at least per year. And it got to a point where now they're buying two to three per year. And it kept on going down and down. So nobody
0: could have known that COVID was going to happen.
1: No one could have known COVID was happening. But a lot of people thought that a correction was going to happen. And it was happening slowly, slowly. But then COVID came in and smacked the entire market.
0: Yeah. You know, before, right before COVID in January, I went to M&T Bank, had this conference where they brought in all these uh, economists and all these people and they were telling us like this is where we see the next decade going this is how 2020 is going to look in 2021 and all these things and uh and we're due for a correction over the next like six to nine years by these statistics and this like they framed it all right yeah and then like three months later when when well it was two months later but Three months later, I got an email from them and they're like, ignore everything, everything we, we said. said. Yeah. Econom-
1: so I learned one thing in life economists are literally, they make their business by just getting one thing right in their life. A lot of them just put things out there. And like JP Morgan released, uh, one of their economists released uh, uh, something today that's saying Tesla is only worth like $80, according to them. And $80 is anything over $80 is overpriced. Meanwhile, it's trading at five times that, six times that, at $630. So it's funny, a lot of economists are saying down, a lot of people are saying up. Uh, Ray Dalio just released something saying that, uh, put your money in Bitcoin, and a lot of people are gonna go into into cryptocurrencies. And it's funny, everyone has their perspective, but you never really know what's gonna happen. And as we see, the government is really stepping in and changing their entire economy. Like, we should have been in a foreclosure wave right now, but there's so much bailouts and
0: I can't evict people.
1: You can't evict people, right? Yeah. yeah. And There's you know monitoriums. What? Every month
0: that goes by, it seems like another problematic tenant pops up. So I'm lucky I'm not in Manhattan right now where everybody's like, right. it's like rent strikes and all this
1: stuff. Unemployment's at an all-time high. There's forbearances that are going on for 12 months now that you can get on your properties. But what happens with these tenants when you can evict them? You know, my them? banks
0: gave me a forbearance on, on my mortgage. Um, and I don't know why. I didn't even ask for it. They just gave it to me
1: well a lot a lot of banks are giving it now it's awesome it's actually a good it's an incredible way to move forward especially at these tough times
0: yeah yeah i don't even i don't get it the bank just gave it to me they're like here here's a forbearance until march
1: that's incredible 2021
0: that's amazing i contacted them i was like i didn't ask for this is it my birthday and uh yeah and they're like well you got it so i was like okay cool. I don't know if they're getting some sort of incentives to do that though cuz they why would they do that? Could
1: be they're getting incentives from the government that we just don't know about. Yeah. I'm familiar with in order to help, obviously, cuz it's it's think about it, right? The government is helping the people. But then the landlords, the tenants they're getting help, they're not getting but like what about the landlords that can't pay their mortgages? What yeah. about the landlords that literally maximized They're LTV. They're buying
0: three caps, yeah. And they're
1: buying three caps, and literally if a month goes by and no one pays them, they have no way to pay the taxes and expenses. That's what I don't understand about
0: the taxes. Like, how are you going to still tax me and give me violations but not let me evict and uh, collect rents? You know, so, oh, so my income is gone, but you could still give me violations and tax me? And
1: And the rates are, the violation rates are insane.
0: I just got six violations on a property because an angry tenant didn't want to pay. So we, we just followed tr- regular protocol. I sent her a late notice. I sent her a 14-day notice to pay. And of course, that follows with an attorney coming in and sending uh, an eviction notice or a non-renewal notice. And the tenant flipped out, called the town, called the health department, calls everybody she can, saying, we're doing all these things. Obviously, this doesn't exist, what she's saying, because I, don't, I haven't even been to the property in six months. You know, there's property managers, there's landscapers that come, there's uh, maintenance guys that come whenever something pops up. So what'd she do? Um, she turned off the. Uh, she 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 did something. She she turned off the gas or the, the water. House. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is these are the these And are, then she called and She said, "You shut me."
0: No, no. She yeah, something like that. I don't know yeah. if she said I shut her down, but she called the health department and said that nobody's fixing it. So they sent an inspector. And then uh, and they contacted the town and it became this whole thing. And I'm like, we were never notified.
1: Yeah. 100%. You know,
0: and second, now that we are notified, we'll send somebody today to fix it. And she didn't let him have access because she knew she just had to plug it back in. And that was the end of it. I, you know, we responded to the health department, the property manager. And they're like, OK, you know, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, it doesn't go away. The violation, the violation's still there. Now we still have to go to court and deal with all of that. And that's the problem right because somebody has to appear you have to pay them to appear
1: it's same thing so uh i focused a lot in new development and same thing when i was in new development a lot of times in brooklyn it's not like long island where the houses are detached in brooklyn it's either semi-detached or fully attached on both sides so a lot of times the neighbors are always going to try extorting you for money or they don't want to help you out so you get to places where you have agreements with them, where you're paying them money in order for them uh, to to allow you access to work, if you need to go through their yard, if you need to put protection, whatever it is, and so forth. And a lot of times they extort you regardless of how much you're paying them. They're always calling the Department of Buildings on you, putting violations, trying to get more money on you. And even if you have an agreement till the building is finished, once you finish the building and they stop getting money, guess what? A lot of them continue calling, and sometimes they can hold you up. I know a developer that's stuck with a property four years because of the wow. neighbor. It's insane.
0: You know what's you know what's interesting that we should talk about because in my audience, I have a lot of realtors that follow me. So they're not developers. Okay. They're not. They don't buy and rent. Maybe they want to, and they probably will. Uh, I know I'm speaking directly to a lot of people right now because people tell me all the time they want rentals, right? But why are you such a good realtor? And you just started that last topic we talked about by saying, I work with a lot of developers and I worked on a lot of development. Correct. But what did David do, right? That's so great and and brilliant and hardworking and it just goes to tell you about his character and why he does so well. And you'll elaborate on this more after I, I briefly talk about it. But David would step in with a developer and say, he would work the deal backwards. He'd say, what do you need? And they tell him, this popped up, this popped up, this popped up. And by the way, the plants, I don't know how to pick material. Help me with the material. And David would run to the supply houses and pick material and sit down with the designers and give them layout ideas on what's selling in the market and run around. I'm talking about a month worth of running around and bring it forward to the developer. And then the developer would turn around and say, David, you have the exclusive on my seven unit building with an $8 million sellout.
1: I offered more than the job entailed and that's what got me ahead in life. A lot of times I feel like people in life, there's a job status, right? And with the job, there's the description of what you need to do. That box, And And if you stay within that box, yes, you'll be a great number. You'll be a great sheep. You'll be a great person that's following the rules, but you might not get ahead in life and you're not giving yourself any competitive edge. And especially in the broker and agent market, which all of you know, it's the most simplest market to get into. In New York you need 72 hours plus a school and state exam and guess what, you're a real estate agent. And it's so simple to get into which makes it so difficult to make money. That's why a lot of agents are not making more than 20, 30, $40,000 a year. Yeah. And we know that most agents quit after their first year. Yeah. And the thing is that I struggled for the first couple of years, and uh, Alon is, is knows everything, knows yeah. how much how hard I worked, how much I struggled. I started off so young; people were having a tough time seeing a young kid giving them money, giving them uh, giving them uh, investments, uh, closing deals with them. And I got to a point where you know I was trying to be like everyone else, and I realized that. I don't want to be like everyone else. I started creating my own lane and I started creating my own personality and what I offer. And I started learning about so much more. A lot of these agents don't know about new developments, don't know about yeah. condo books. They don't know about tax abatements. They don't know about um, what it t- construction and materials and how it works and DOB and sign-ups. And that's offs.
0: not in the job description.
1: It's not you in. Up, Your right? job description is sell, sell, sell. Bring the contracts in and get the listings, right? I remember when you called me three years ago and
0: you go, alone? I, uh, I'm not looking at percentages anymore. I'm not looking at me making 6%, 4%, 2% split. I found a deal for someone. He said, I'll give you $10,000. It was under 1%. I said, let's do it. And you know what ended up happening? Two years later, you got the whole building to sell
1: out. 100%. It's building that connection, right? So a lot of times agents are... they so- Something in life, not just being an agent or business, ego will always set you back. The second you think you deserve more, then people will be like, okay, you're replaceable and I'll get someone else that's willing to take less. Now, you got to know your worth, but at the same time, you can't let your ego get you. So... It's not about the percentages. Sometimes it's about just making the connections, finding the right person, helping them out. And they end up giving you so much more on the back end. So, yes, at a certain point, I changed my entire mindset. I saw everyone not willing to negotiate and they end up losing listings and not getting ahead. When I'm like, okay, I don't want to lose listings, I'll accept $10,000 and I'll take this building and then I'll take my 6%. And I'm also going to leverage it by having a connection with this guy and use this building to actually leverage into more listings, which a lot of people don't do. And on top of that, I'll also use that into getting my name more there and branding, which a lot of agents don't know how to brand and they're not willing to invest in themselves. It's funny how I see all these agents running running around. Obviously, I have cotton candy hair. I look yeah, like as a, of yesterday. As of yesterday. I look like a nut. It is what it is. But I was always a little bit crazy. But it's funny. I was closing deals in t-shirts. I didn't need a suit. But they're running around to get these suits to play the part, to look the part, right? To play the part. But they're not investing in their mentality. They're not investing in their lifestyle. They're not investing they're back not investing into their in business. They're investing in learning. In learning or back into their business. When... I was at a certain point, I was willing to work for free. I was willing to help for free. I was running with developers to learn about how I can help them out with designing their properties, with saving them money, with the tax abatements, with the condo books. I was literally reading a 400-page condo book to understand what what entails inside of it. I was paying attorneys to sit down with me to teach me the process. I was paying so many people to learn that now when I go to a developer and I sit down with him, sometimes I understand just a little bit more than the developer when it comes to the paperwork and the yep. status. To the Department of Finance, is splitting up the and tax what's so lots. And so funny
0: it's, it's, some people think it's rocket science. You know, sometimes it's just having big balls. You know, like I call you all the time and I'm like, dope, here's five addresses, talk to me. You know, because I don't understand Brooklyn, Manhattan, yeah. Bronx, Queens. I just don't get it. I don't know it. It's a totally different planet. They work off of FAR. Uh, they work off of so many different things. The DOB, there's, if there's an existing SRO, which is Shared Room Occupancy Housing, then you need to get some sort of uh, abandonment agreement. All these things. A million I'm learning, and one things. Yeah, I'm learning dribs and drabs. I've learned a lot from you, Ali, Aligal, all incredible the guys people.
1: In incredible people,
0: Incredible guys. But uh, I send them to David first because David is the professional, and he knows a ton. He's like a land use attorney. He could be a land use attorney. If he had a law degree, I would call David a land use attorney. Because he just knows everything there is to know about land in Brooklyn. And you know what? That translates to you being the top five in the top five of all agents in Brooklyn.
1: It's funny. I got a call today from a developer and he's literally buying a property based off of what I'm projecting to him, and he gave me. Uh, I remember, so this is also something I recommend you guys to do never, never give advice that you're not aware of just because you want to get a listing. Because if a developer ever loses money because of your advice, you're on the hook, your name gets ruined, and also anyone around him will end up knowing that you're that guy that did that to him. Mm-hmm. Because the first and it's per- wrong, it's wrong, the first person to blame is always the broker, mm-hmm. so know that. And understand that you have to do your homework. And he was, David, I need the numbers. He called me yesterday, David, I need the numbers. And he calls his deal. I'm like, I'm not ready for you. You have to give me 24, 24 more hours. I need to do proper research. I can't just throw you numbers and then you end up losing money and I'm gonna feel horrible. And I'm not that type of guy. And I don't care. And like, if you have someone else that's willing to give you numbers, go for it. But my analytics is so professional that I'll give you, if an ant crosses the road, you'll know. And literally today I called him and I presented him my numbers, but I presented it with all the analytics from A to Z. And I felt very confident because I looked. It's not just analytics that some company generated for me. It's also I looked listing through listing. I really saw what product he's going to bring to the market and what products are on the market and what's actually selling and not selling. And I gave him based precisely on what he's providing to the market.
0: I remember I looked at a five unit off of a... um... Kingston, maybe? In Brooklyn. Okay. In Crown Heights. Do you okay. remember?
1: I back back in the day.
0: And I called you and you're like, I have a listing on Carroll, I have a listing on Kingston, I have a listing right here. They're all like six blocks, three blocks, two blocks away. Based on those numbers, I'm selling at six hundred dollars per square foot. I and those are high and those are moderate to high end finishes. Alone, this is a good rental property, not a condo project.
1: Correct. Because condo projects, people don't understand how much money goes into condo projects. There's so much Outside fees that you have to pay. A, you have to pay broker fees. You're looking at 5 to 6%. Sometimes you have to pay marketing and staging. On top of that, as a developer, you have to pay condo book fee. You have to pay attorney general fees. You have to pay taxes. You have to uh, subdivide tax lots. You have to get attorneys. And what about hard money or loans or investors that you're bringing into the property? Yep. And the time it takes to actually sell out a condo building and get a CFO. Yeah. It takes so much more time and there's so much more money being poured into it that you have to be very... You have to be pretty much on the dollar.
0: Yeah.
1: You have to be pretty much on the dollar.
0: And you want to always overestimate rather than. One hundred percent. One hundred percent all the time. I
1: had. Uh, I think I told you this. I had a developer that I sold a lot of properties for, and he lost a lot of money on his uh, on a few properties, unfortunately. And then there were certain properties where he hit a home run, and he loved the way I worked with him because there was a lot of units that he wasn't able to sell just because. Agents made it difficult. For example, he had units tenant occupied and they just didn't wanna work with the tenants to get buyers in. And I became best friends with all the tenants. I put each agent of mine on one building. But why did he lose money? So he lost money because miscalculating, right? And then when I sat down with him, he said, I want you to partner up with me on these three buildings. So I literally said, okay, bring me the entire sheet. Let's run through everything. And he undervalued the price per square foot, the sellable, the closing costs, the transfer tax. Everything that he had was under. And after we looked at all the numbers, I'm like, the profit's 400000 for a $4 million investment.
0: Yeah, you're never doing an investment like that for 10%. No, no way.
1: No way. It has to be minimum a million dollars at that point to make sense. What happens if a stormy day comes in and you're invested four and a half million dollars and you can't even get a million out of there? Like stormy day comes in, you're at 600000 Okay. And I told him, you have. he literally has 20 projects right now and probably close to eight of them are not going to produce any money. Wow. And I told him, why do you need all that headache? Instead of taking 20 projects on, take four or five good projects on. Make sure you're making a lot of money in all of them. You have a lot less headache, which gives you more time to leverage your business yeah. and to grow, and you're, you know you're gonna make money on all of them, and you have more time to focus on getting them done. And he literally took, an, uh, took a loss on two of those projects and sold them. Wow. Because he said the loss that I might have in the future is much bigger than what what I'm doing now. Wow. Opportunity cost.
0: So a young agent coming into the game right now says, David, what can I do to be like you in three years? Or no time frame. How long will it take me to be like you and what
1: can I do? Um, do I don't put a time limit on things just because I think that I'm very faithful. So I feel like God gives you the success when he chooses to. Um, But the things that I definitely would recommend that is important to do as a new agent is step one. Don't ever compare yourself to anyone else. Just because other people are closing deals inside the office and you haven't closed anything or someone knows a little bit more than you, doesn't mean you can't surpass them. Don't compare yourself. Be very positive. Have a great energy, which is super important because your energy brings people around you. You don't realize how many people are just feeling down or depressed or when the market gets hard. They're just unstable they want someone to hold their back and be like it's going to be okay and if you give that positive energy you're going to attract a lot of people but another thing is study and get outside the box like if you want to do something go preview apartments go look at listings volunteer for free to help other big agents out because they might throw you some business or use you in the future call everyone everyone in your sphere of influences that you know that you met I'm in real estate. Hey, I'm in real estate. Hey, by the way, Alon, you know I'm in real estate? Alon, if you have any properties and you want comps, I'll give you a comp sphere for of free. Influence. Sphere of influence. Create a new sphere of influence. Anyone out? we're all in real estate. You want to know how? Your parents, they just bought a home. Mm-hmm. They're in real estate. You're renting an apartment? Yeah. A home? You're in real estate. Uh, Steve is renting from you? Yeah. He's in real estate. We're all in real estate. Well, renters or buyers. We live somewhere. Everyone is a potential client. Now, you don't need everyone. Even if you get 0.0001% of the economy, you're chilling. You're making millions of dollars. You just need to hone your skill in. You need to know how to talk to people because connections is everything. And once you do well, you're going to end up succeeding even more. And it's all about building that wave because in the beginning, it's very slow because it's a commission-based Right? But the cool thing about commission based and the bad thing about commission based is a bad. If you don't produce, you're not gonna make money. You're making zero dollars. The good thing about commission based is the more you produce, the more you're making money. There's no glass ceiling, there's no cap. No one's telling you for this job the maximum you get is hundred thousand dollars when you get to there. With this job, it's literally you can make a hundred, you can make zero, you can make a million, and you can make ten million. It's up to what you produce. Yeah, And with that in mind, it's all about knowledge. It's all about building connections and about knowing that with time it comes. It's about referrals. A lot of my business today is a lot of referral based. I have developers that just know me word to mouth. I have so much on the market. I remember when you
0: got a call while we were together and uh, a potential client developer told you, David, I'm going to be in shul tomorrow at 5 a.m. Meet me there.
1: And you're like, okay. 5 a.m. it is. I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, and I, I, I literally woke up at 4 a.m., showered, and I went to pray with him because for him, religion uh, religion is a lot, is a lot. And he wanted me to pray with him. And guess what? Good actually, thing
0: you grew up religious.
1: You, you, you want to laugh?
0: Yeah.
1: I actually had a closing for him last week and I closed five of his units in the past four months and he just gave me an eight-unit building. Wow. In Malcolm and that was X. A Yeah, and now he just gave me an eight-unit building and his, he introduced me to his investors who are trying to give me another eight-unit building on St. Mark's in bed Wow. So just by meeting someone and helping them out and waking up early in the morning and doing things that are as uncomfortable and dealing with tough tenants and befriending and throwing money at people if you need to, to in order to make them feel happy and get in the door, you end up building qu- quantity. And that quantity tra- translates, even if you're taking a 1% discount compared to other agents, if I'm closing a hundred deals and someone else is closing two deals a year, which I remember when I was first starting in offices, if someone sold one unit a year or one home a year, that's like, oh, you're doing well. Yeah. You know, you have rentals, you're selling one a year, two a year, but like, I want to sell hundreds a year. I want to sell thousands a year,
0: Yeah.
1: right? And that's a different league. That's when you have to ups- upscale yourself. Definitely. That. and also don't be afraid to invest in yourself a lot of agents are scared a developer calls them i want you to invest in this staging. if you know the product is going to sell and he's not willing to invest in it and it's the well priced the finishes are great Right, he invested four million dollars right and the developer is willing to pay you the great commission six percent but per, you put skin in the. but game. you put skin in the game don't be scared to put skin in the game if you don't shoot you can never even miss score, or man. you could never even score right so a lot of times i had moments where i lost a lot of money and you know that i put skin in the game and the developers couldn't come through with the cfo yeah certificate of occupancy which or, was messed up which was messed up and it's and it's fine but they couldn't come through with a lot of things where i ended up losing a lot of money i love how you have two phones on the table like
0: <laughs> just gonna kill me
1: balance it out when did you get the second phone uh i actually got it not too long ago and it just obviously
0: i saw you like two weeks ago you didn't have a second yeah so it was like last
1: night so a month ago a month (coughs) um just because i needed to balance it out it started getting overwhelming what the calls business everything so it's like okay this is for that this is for that you know obviously with everything and it's like yeah i was and so pretty much put skin in the game. Don't be scared. If you don't shoot, you'll never and miss. another,
0: you know, you brought up about people um, looking at other people and what they're doing. Don't compare don't yourself. Don't ever to compare else. yourself. Be you different. Know what? When other people make deals, a lot of people don't know what's going on behind the scenes. 100%. You know, like I'll, I'll even name drop like the Alexander brothers. First off, their Big father's brothers. a developer. Correct. Right? And their father gave people opportunities 20, 30 years ago.
1: Who are giving their kids opportunities That's today. It.
0: So a lot of people look at them and they're like, oh my God, I can never be like that. All these things. It's true. It's hard. It's impossible. Like, they're amazing. All these things. Yeah, they're amazing. They work hard. They live a great life. They're fantastic incredible. on social media. They're, they're incredible. Really cool. But... Their father gave people opportunities. That translated to them getting opportunities. Real estate's And they also work really
1: hard. And they also grew up in a family where they learned so much about real estate. Their father is a genius. They are geniuses as well yeah. in their craft. They are incredible at what they, they do. They grew up
0: in Manhattan, Miami, and Israel. So they know everybody in those areas. 100%. And they're in those circles. They and uh, would
1: influence people that can give them knowledge. Yeah. 100%. And business. Right? 100%. They're these
0: tremendous deals. Now let's talk about Ryan Sirhan. Right, He got... He's one of the biggest social media followings in real estate. He's incredible. And then I
1: worked with him on many buildings together.
0: That's it. And guys like I remember when you did on million dollar listing. Yeah. And then guys like uh, Gary Barnett from Excel is giving. Sirhan a full building because Sirhan could leverage his entire social media and boost the Excel brand.
1: Exactly. Just because a Excel brand can go up and also B he, in times where it's tough, he has such a big outreach that he can reach more people than any agent can ever reach. And he might close an extra few deals. And Ryan's incredible at his craft too, but he's also incredible in branding. He's incredible in everything that he's doing. Yeah, he And that's and that's what you gotta do. You gotta create your own lane. Don't compare yourself to others. Always add knowledge, always try getting ahead in life. And when you do that, you will end up succeeding as an agent. You will end up growing. You will end up, you will end up shocking yourself by how far you get. And it's all about the knowledge you have, because if you can't give people value, then they won't give you value. And it's all about everyone. you got to understand it's a business relationship. If they can't get something from you, then they don't want anything with you. And it's true. And it's sad. It's true. But it's true. Why?
0: I'm the definition of that. You know how I am. I even told Marlon. I was on his podcast. you remember, Steve? Mm-hmm. When I was on Marlon's podcast. And I told one of the first things I told him is, Marlon, if you don't provide value to me, and we're not very good friends, childhood friends, we don't have things in common, we don't travel together, things like that. I don't want to know, I don't want to be near you. I don't have any reason to be near you. I'm too busy. 100%. You know, life is too much for me to spend time to just teach you something when I can't gain from it right now. We're both young and ambitious. But you know what? You you called me and you told me, I have a podcast. I want you to be on my podcast. And what I say, get to my office. Here's the address. I want to see you here and let's do it. And I told, yeah, I told him at that table, this podcast is going to take you to new places. Because you're opening it's the door for yourself with in people. so
1: many ways, yeah. and also the people that you might. Meet.
0: Uh, he's got a thousand unique v- listeners on every podcast right now. I spoke to him three days incredible. ago. Yeah, he's doing And amazing. you can,
1: and it only grows. Like me and you started. Uh, so another way of investing back into ourselves: social media, right?
0: Yeah, but the difference is, I started a social media business back then, and you were a start. You were working on your brand, and you exploded your brand. And I was. By,
1: by literally applying social media. But then again, other people can do it as well. Of they course. don't even need... You don't even need... Like, I'm spending a lot of money and you're spending a lot of money on videographers, editors, everything. But you can do it yourself and you don't need to produce a, a million videos a week. You can do one video a month. You can, you can do it yourself. Buy a camera, talk to the people, give them some education and you will not know how much you can blow it up. And it's funny how... Uh, Just implementing that and putting out some knowledge to people. I got hit up by so many people I can't even tell you I was away this weekend people came up to me They were like David because I I, saw
0: that you were putting it all over Instagram people just kept coming up to you from It's it's insane
1: and thank you for the knowledge you gave me I ended up buying this home and I ended up looking into this and I just got my license and I closed my first deal And I just and I'm like wow that's so incredible and they're like you taught me so much and it's and it's like and That's the thing right when you put out knowledge You're going to get people that are going to love you. And you're going to get people that you're going to help out. This guy,
0: Handsome Homebuyer, said you have to selflessly give to be a real good content creator. And I like that. I think it's so true. But on that note, though, I love you to death. I have to be at a building in I love 15 it. I minutes love from now. It. Let's get it. I'm already going to be late. That's it, so. we're
1: going to get another clo- we're going to hear about another closing soon hopefully. Yeah, I'm
0: meeting all the tenants. They got there 10 minutes ago and it's a big building so I I love it. But I lesson
1: learned, go. if you can't give, you'll never know how to receive. Always try upping your level, always learn more and always try being creative and thinking outside the box. I'll do more. And do more. I love you. No excuses. Love you.